You take an ancient dinosaur god and some toxic waste. You get a monster who stomps around and tries to eat your face. You take some kaiju media, some assholes and a mic. You get a podcast that'll make you rethink your whole life. So come watch Godzilla with Podzilla, king of the casters with NBN Brandon and Jasper, who's a dog. Welcome to Podzilla King of the Casters. I'm your host, NB Nightingale. And I'm the other host, Brandon. Our producer Jasper is taking a nap right now because he's existentially terrified of snow. He is a dog. <laughs> I'd hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could be the the big secret is we don't reveal that at the start of each episode. <laughs> well, this week we're bringing you the follow-up to 1954's Godzilla with 1955's Godzilla Raids Again, which, if you remember uh, from either our discussion or your own watching, uh, the end of the original Godzilla, he fucking dies. He unambiguously dies. He dissolves into a skeleton that explodes. He is dead. It, considering the various deaths that, that, quote, deaths that Godzilla will have, in any other of these movies, it is, again, very shocking that they do this in the very first movie. Yeah, which, in... So, in this movie, quite obviously, uh, when Godzilla returns, uh, they make a point that it is a different Godzilla, another of the species, in one scene, and then for the rest of the time, they pretty much refer to him as if this was the same Godzilla that re- destroyed Tokyo. Yeah, I think it's kind of a, you know, it's like it, half a retcon, half a just an ex. So it's an explanation, but it's also kind of retconning his death uh, by making another one that they treat as if it were the first one. Yeah, it does answer, it does ask some really weird questions about the overall universe, though. Because as we know, or as we've, I think we're going to find out, pretty much all, most of these films are connected by something. Yeah. So it's like, it's going to be very peculiar that we'll just, as far as I'm aware, other than maybe Godzilla Jr., you just never see another Godzilla. Yeah. Like, it's a surreal moment thinking that the, the Godzilla you see in the very original one is just a wholly different monster. Yeah. And so just to give you a brief plot synopsis, Godzilla returns uh, when er, the new Godzilla is found fighting a second kaiju, uh, Anguirus, my boy, uh, who is a, they say he's an Ankylosaurus, he looks nothing like an Ankylosaurus. He's a spiky turtle, if we're being honest. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, their fight rages uh, and brings them through the, the uh, island city of Osaka. Uh, and eventually, uh, Godzilla beats Anguirus. We've got a time jump to winter. And then uh, they defeat Godzilla. That is a very brief plot synopsis. We'll go more in depth with the plot uh later on but uh what are your initial reactions to the film brandon um i think overall with some things we're going to get more into with what i'm looking for in a godzilla movie 
this had more of it than the original did. Now, I think there's definitely a lot of things that are... I'm not quite sure, but this feels a little cheaper in a lot of ways than the original. Just based off of like some of the filming. And in other ways, it is more impressive than the original. With just the costumes. Or the suits. I think... I did enjoy it. I think the introduction to Godzilla was really anticlimactic. Like, you remember they're... So they're on an island. So it's a it's a pilot that's crashed his plane. Or like, he's a ban- he's left on this island. And then he looks around and just... With, like, no no big stomping steps or anything, he just looks into the mountain and goes, Oh my goodness, that must be Godzilla! And he just sees its head. Like, it's super... Compared to how the first one, like, super built him up, and even the 1998 one did, it was just shocking to be like, Oh, he's there! Okay. <laughs> I think that set a... I, think, I liked it because I think that set a different tone for this movie. It's not a... This is not the suspenseful, creepy Godzilla film of the first one. This is a monsters punching each other is fun to watch movie. And it sets it up with just how quickly we're like, okay, Godzilla's here. We can continue. Yeah, I don't think it was a... I would say it's not like a... Oh, like this is objectively a worse thing. It was just, oh, all right, he's here. But Yeah, so I think that tipped my hat a bit to... The fact that I really, really enjoyed this one, uh, and uh, I well, I really enjoyed the first forty-five minutes and the last ten minutes. It's an hour and twenty minutes, so there's about twenty-five minutes between those two where I was really bored, and we'll talk more about that. Uh, but yeah, so the majority of this film loved it. Uh, but there was a long stretch where I was not feeling it. And Brandon uh, confided in me that he was also not feeling that stretch. And we will uh, <laughs> we'll talk about it more uh, when we get to uh, talking about the story. But uh, it's time for What That Monster Do, uh, in which we talk about the kaiju we saw on screen. Uh, talk a bit about their designs and how the effects were done for them and such. And yeah, so... Uh, Brandon spearheads this section. So, uh, yeah, what do you got to tell me? Yeah, so we have two monsters in this film. There's obviously the Godzilla. And there is... There's Godzilla and then there's Anguirus. 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 So there are two very different types of monster. One of them on four legs, one of them on two. So we can start with Godzilla himself. And he is remarkably... He's almost unchanged from the first movie. Aesthetically, he's the same. I understand the mechanics of his costume were changed quite a bit, but design-wise, it looks exactly the same. Well, there is a bit of difference, but it's it's pretty subtle, where the only really difference is it was sort of... It's a little thinner than the original one. Okay. Because it wanted to sort of fit um, you know, his performer, Hario Nakajima, better. And it helps, you know, a, a less heavy costume will help you uh, bounce around with another monster pretty easily, uh, a lot easier. Yeah. And in addition, the irises were much bigger. Ah, that so, makes sense. The, the eyes definitely were more noticeable for me this time. Yeah, because they made the eye, they made those bigger. 
So that's about those big changes for his design because he's, you know, he's iconic at this point. Funnily enough, when you're watching the movie, there's one dorsal fin. It's about around his shoulder blades in the middle, the biggest one. Yeah. It's shaking the whole movie. (laughs) Oh, yeah. During the fight scenes, it was like, clearly, okay, that's not bone. That's just a little piece of plastic on the back of a dude's costume. Yes, because all of them do shake a bit, but there's one, and if you watch the movie, you will notice it. It is one of the largest spikes around his shoulder blades in the middle, and it's just flopping the whole movie. So um, that's all about Godzilla, really, where the suit was better, and it was lighter, and he was able to do more with it. The Angra, Angiris? Angiris. Angiris, okay. So for Angiris, he was a much a different monster, where his head shape was sort of more like a... It kind of looked like he had a bit of a beak going on. Yeah, so... it, Yeah, it was a lot slimmer, his head, and longer. Uh, and he looked, again... He looked like Bowser. He, he looked like <laughs> Bowser. That's what... That's the best way to put it. He's a big turtle thingy with spikes all on his shell and all over everything, really. But then he's got, like, a little kind of almost a a triceratop kind of head. Yeah. Imagine a, a, from Super Mario Brothers, the character Bowser, but on all fours, kind of. And little, like, like, thinned out limbs. Like, he hasn't gone to the gym in a while. But he hasn't gotten, like... You know, he's just been really thinned out. So I could say that's a good example of... It is very interesting to see how these new monster designs are going to progress as... Because they are based in a way off of dinosaur designs. Yeah, very loosely. But they all refer to them as dinosaurs, but it's very loose. Yeah, um, of course, it's very loose. But it's interesting to see it's that inspiration of... You know, not the dinosaurs as we know them today, but their inspiration came from what they thought they looked like back in the 50s. So, like, there's lots of really interesting examples of that. And as we go on, you know, a lot of them get more outlandish and, like... I can't wait to see what Dinosaur Jet Jaguar is based on. (laughs) Gigantopithecus. (laughs) So... um, We are getting so close to a Jet Jaguar episode and my heart is just so full right now. <laughs> Every episode we get closer to a Jet Jaguar episode. Which, no he's only in one movie, so, like, stronger. we got it coming soon, and then I have to just not talk about Jet Jaguar <laughs> ever again. But we've got one Jet Jaguar episode. He's gotta be in Final Wars, right? He's gotta be. Everybody's in Final Wars. Yeah, we, we'll get to Final Wars eventually. But it's a big one, and so that's kind of a milestone episode. Yeah. Godzilla Final Wars is the Avengers Affinity War of Godzilla movies, and we gotta get all of the other ones in line first. <laughs> that is the big one. Since you always, uh, well not always, but these two times that we've done it, that we've done movies with him in the suit, uh, talk about Nakajima, uh, we should probably mention the fact that the, uh, the actor in the Anguirus suit is uh, Katsumi Tezuka.
don't know, Katsumi's... I guess it's just the K, because, like, a lot of Western names start with K as a woman. Yeah, I think it's... They don't have a gender listed on Wikipedia. Uh, But, uh... So, not sure. Uh, But, yeah, the the name of the actor, at least, was uh, Katsumi Tezuka, who was in that, uh... In that suit, I... I don't want to presume it's a man in the suit. But also, it's unlikely in 1950s uh, movie industry that they would cast a a woman in a role that was not a woman. Uh, It'd be so sick. It'd be based. It'd be but... based, but like, promenade. We're gonna talk about some real based shit later. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you're ready for that. So, uh, what other uh, cool uh, special effects and such stuff do you have so, for me? Um... So, obviously, there's not as much information regarding this one compared to the original Godzilla, relating to models and everything about it. But what was very impressive is they, for the first, this is the first God, this is the first film where Godzilla fights another monster. Yeah, and that is. The start of a genre, in a way. Yeah. Like, if the original Godzilla kind of thought the genre up, this cemented it as being a thing. And it is so satisfying to watch that whole sequence. It's like the middle third of the movie is a action sequence we'll talk about uh, in a bit because it didn't have monsters involved leading up to the action sequence of Godzilla and Anguirus just going at it while the military is firing missiles at them. It's really fun and cool. Yeah. So there is um one thing I want to bring up is... So did you notice as they were fighting, right? There were various moments where they were moving fast in those suits. Yeah. That, so- that was sped up footage, right? We'll get this. Um, the special effects director for the film, he wanted the fights to be filmed in slow motion, actually, to try to give them more weight. Mm-hmm. But the cameraman, the camera technician, accidentally, because, you know, back then they had to crank it, they accidentally undercranked the camera instead of overcranking it, mm-hmm. leading to, I'm guessing that means less images a second, which yeah. makes them look faster, because when you put them together. Yeah. So because of that, he accidentally sped up the footage, but the special effect director watched it and was like, oh, that's way better. And I think it is, because it's fun to see him move around super fast. Yeah. And as a last thing, for the just the effects in general, they released this film less than six months after the original Godzilla. Wow. I mean, I know that movie studios used to work fast back then. When we get to the eventual Kongathon, which I feel like I've name dropped enough that it, <laughs> it it's gonna be a hyped event at this point. Oh yes. Guest stars, tickets, <laughs> a mud pit. I don't know how that'll work in a podcast medium, but we'll have it. <laughs> but... I like I like how your your big thing is the podcast thing and not the not the pandemic thing. <laughs> Listen, a mud pit is worth dying for. <laughs> prove you wrong so i gotta just keep going and just give you that one (laughs) but yeah so uh 
because Son of Kong, uh, the sequel to King Kong, it was pumped out also really quickly after King Kong. It's also an extremely boring movie with, like, no action whatsoever. Uh, but uh, that'll be for Kongathon. Wow, you're really hyping this up. <laughs> Woo, son of Kong, let's go! Kongathon! Kongathon! Kongathon. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm surprised we call it, like, the Kong, like the Kongo line or something. There's something there. It's Kongathon. <laughs> okay, alright. <laughs> I, I played around with Kongtoberfest for a while, but it didn't quite work. So, Kongathon, it is. Uh, I mean, Monkey March, but I, I mean, I, I guess March is already gone. We'd have to wait a year to do March Monkeys. <laughs> So, um, yeah, that's about it for all the effects that I've listed here. But I, Oh, there's one more. One more, actually. My last note is, there's a shot of Godzilla from one of the main characters' planes towards the finale, where he's in the mountains, right? Yeah. And you notice how he doesn't move? Yeah, it was clearly, like, just a little action figure stuck in there, right? It was actually, from what I've been reading, a wind-up toy that was supposed to be, like, walking. And it didn't work, and they rolled with it anyway. It looked so bad when it was moving and wound up because it was like, you know, crank the crank kind of toy that you just let go and it moves and walks on its own. It looked so unlike so unrealistic by their film standards. They just said, ah, just keep him still. <laughs> and you see it in the final movie. Yeah. And also, um, yeah, there was still a lot of use of hand puppets for the yeah. two kaiju in close ups. Yeah. <laughs> God the it, that it's he's so still in the mountains that i made a joke to brandon while we were watching it that oh they're gonna go down and investigate and it'll be a dummy with a sign on it from godzilla that says i'm behind you <laughs> <laughs> you've just fallen from my trap <laughs> great yeah so um do we want to get more into the the breakdown of more into the plot of the movie and the best scene in any of the Godzilla movies we've seen? Yes. The base sending will begin. Oh, here we go. So, uh, there is a... I allude it to the middle action, the middle third uh, being awesome. So, so what happens is that the, in, the city of Osaka figures out that they can keep Godzilla from attacking... If they simply turn all the lights off on the city, so he thinks it's unpopulated. Mm, nobody's home. And a bus full of prisoners take this as an excuse to do a prison break in what is a super cool sequence. It's so sick. Like you see, just you see how meticulously they planned it, and then just them three of them get away from the rest of the pack that's been that gets caught immediately and gunned down some of them get gunned yeah. down as they're running away it is like in terms of human on human violence very violent for a g rating <laughs> yeah, and they 
end up in a high speed car chase that's not that high speed because you know it's <laughs> the miles an hour about. cg doesn't exist yet and they're not gonna kill actors for a cool movie oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Aww>, cringe <laughs> yeah and eventually the three prisoners plow headfirst into a nuclear power plant, exploding it, creating a giant fire that brings Godzilla and Anguirus to Osaka to duke it out. It's so good. Yeah, yeah and then they're just going at it and rolling around, and the missiles are firing, and they're biting each other, and Anguirus does this, like, scream that is so high-pitched, it starts cracking the the buildings around them it is the most insane fight scene that i have seen in a godzilla movie so far it's so good because like there's that moment of and i didn't expect to see this in a you know godzilla movie especially one this early on where it's that oh shit he's coming moment where it's not just oh he's arriving it's no, no 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 like this unrelated thing accidentally brought him back and it's like oh shit like we both were like oh shit when he like turn they have this shot of it where godzilla who has been chilling out in the distance on the coast turns around and just slowly looks at the fire and is like oh fuck yeah oh it's so good it's chef's kiss Kino. Pure Kino. Oh, yeah. You know what's not Kino? Hey, why don't we show about five minutes of Godzilla 1954 in our oh. Godzilla 1955 <laughs> movie? The, near the beginning of the movie... <laughs> near the beginning of the movie, they... Clearly, the studio had some notes about the runtime's a little too short. Because when they're explaining the damage that Godzilla could create to Osaka, they bring in our old pal Professor Yamane from the first movie uh, as a consultant who never appears again in the movie. Uh, but and he, you know, he plays the uh, he plays him some uh, news footage in quotes of uh, of the. Godzilla's destruction on Tokyo and it is literally just five straight minutes of the atomic breath sequence from the first Godzilla movie with no sound whatsoever. That's the worst part. It's the thing where I would have loved to in some way see it again and I don't know like there's this booming score or it's like the audio is there or something to connect me with what i'm watching again it is objectively worse than watching the scene in the movie (laughs) like there's no there's a complete silence it's like there's like ambience i think yeah that's it plot stuff showing that footage could have achieved was achieved in like within 30 seconds but the sequence just keeps going multiple times where the camera zooms in and it's kind of you know you can tell you know, the whole movie's 4 by 3 of course. You can tell there's, like, this little projector inside that. And it's running for a minute. And we go, okay. And then about a minute goes by. And then it zooms out to the, you know, the people that are watching the movie. And then we go, oh, the, you know, scene's over. 
and then only to cut back into the close-up for an additional few minutes. And we're like, are are we really doing this right now? It was some uh, it was some quality trolling on us. Yeah, and um, I think relating to Godzilla nineteen ninety eight here, there is literally a moment where one of the main characters, Mister Kobayashi, who we can get into how uh, that goes right now, he literally quoted as when they said, "Oh, let's use flares to divert Godzilla." He said, it isn't some little animal. Yeah, that was... That's my boy Godzilla! He is not an animal. He is a force of nature. Mm, it's an exact... It's an exact clapback to Godzilla 1998 that was made about 34... Or 44 years beforehand. <laughs> God, in... Time traveling clapback. Speaking of Kobayashi... Is Star Trek referencing Godzilla? I don't know. Cause, so, for those who don't know, uh, the Kobayashi Maru is a very important thing in Star Trek lore, originating from Star Trek uh, The Wrath of Khan, and it's pretty much stuck around as a thing since that movie, uh, where it's a test at the Starfleet Academy that's impossible to pass, and the point is that you need to learn that sometimes you can make every right move and you will still fail. And the main character of Godzilla Raids Again is a pilot named Kobayashi who flies around in a Maru model airplane. And it could just be a weird coincidence, but I feel like the classic sci-fi series of the Godzilla movies which, are they sci-fi or... Godzilla movies? They're, they're at least... They, they have to be around there. Yeah, they're somewhere between sci-fi and fantasy, but those two genres are usually kind of lumped together uh, in when talking about them anyways. But either way, class. this thing is in the classic uh, Godzilla movies and ends up in Star Trek by Gene Roddenberry, who was obviously... A huge sci-fi nerd. Mm. Well, on top of uh, that, did you know that in Godzilla Raids Again, this is the, I told Nolan before we recorded this, there's another Star Trek thing in this movie. Um, this was, George Takai is in this movie. I did not realize that. I didn't realize it either. I don't think he's a major character. I think, I see him as commander of, and I can't read the whole rest of it on Google right now, but it's, um... I guess he's he has a, a role in this movie. And I read on IMDb, at least, this was his first role. I don't know how true that is, but Okay, so apparently, it's probably not Gene Roddenberry who brought that in then. It yeah. might have been George Takai suggesting it as a, you know, as, you know, a tribute to his first film. I could see it. Yeah. So would you look at that? So, um... Yeah, God's wins. Yeah, so you see, um, we're planting seeds now, um, our dear listeners, who we love very much. Because when we get to Space Godzilla, <laughs> this will all come back around. <laughs> yeah, so, what are some other interesting things? Oh, yeah. They killed the main character. 
So Kobayashi again is the protagonist of the movie, and he's this fun-loving pilot who's like, "I'm gonna get married someday." Yeah, and he's just everyone loves him. He's like a he's not a military pilot. He's like a corporation's pilot to just fly over boats and make sure they're doing okay. I guess I'm not certain. I, his, his job was kind of vague. But it was in the private sector. It was not part of the military. Yes. Uh, but, and he, you know, he's the first one to spot Godzilla on his snowy island. And he uh, like goes down to try and bomb him. And Godzilla radiation breaths his plane. And he crashes into the side of a mountain and dies. Uh, mm. Which then teaches the other pilots that when that causes a minor a- avalanche that they can use a bunch of s- a series of avalanches to snow Godzilla in and try and kill him that way and by the end of the movie that presumably they do however it is a vague enough death that Godzilla can be back baby as the same Godzilla and there won't be there's a third one <laughs> there's another Somehow, Godzilla has returned. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> and what you were doing there for a second, I was like, oh, yeah, Star Wars? Oh, no. So, um, relating to Godzilla blowing that plane out of the sky, I think this is the highest direct confirmed kills of any Godzilla movie we've seen. Definitely the ones we've seen so far. Six. Directly kills six human beings, and... If you count seven uh, th- living things, if you count Kaiju, because he does kill Anguirus by the end of the, or by the middle of this movie. Yeah. We That's, thought it was yeah. so sudden, we thought that Anguirus was going to come back in the finale. It wasn't really sudden. Sorry, Brandon, but... Brandon was just hopeful. <laughs> it, it, it happens at like... That's what we were talking about, why I enjoyed the first 45 minutes and the last 10, but did not enjoy the uh, the 20 uh, minutes in between that, because it, or the 25 minutes in between that, because it's a, Godzilla kills Anguirus, and it's just, and we just then get, not even dra- interpersonal drama, we just get the characters living their lives, like, like, uh, Miss, like Kobayashi goes to a dinner party with his friends, and they're just hanging out, and no drama is happening whatsoever. We're not really learning much about the characters. They're just hanging out, having a dinner, and then, then Godzilla is back, and they try and kill him and Kobayashi dies in the process but that that stretch is boring and you were complaining about it even more than I was <laughs> I was like I don't I don't care I was like I I vastly preferred the Zilla 98 humans because they were at least keeping me awake <laughs> like I was like oh my, it's like a you know this is an audio medium. You don't you don't see what the window, what the weather's like. It has been like it's this little storm. It's like snowing. Yeah, it's we're really getting gross. a weird snowstorm, which 
given the fact that this will this episode will air in like a month from recording will seem preposterous to you folks who are privileged enough to live in late may but for those of us who are cursed to be living through an, a snowy april because of global warming most likely <laughs> it is not nice outside right now <laughs> so a little thing about um Inguirus that he kills that is a brutal death that is brutal. He, he, like, breaks Anguirus's neck with his jaws. You see blood. You definitely see yeah. blood come out. Throws him, throws his corpse into the ocean, and then Atomic breaths his corpse until he catches fire. Which was weird, because Anguirus was shown to be kind of impervious to the Atomic Breath earlier. Well, he was on his back, wasn't he? Yeah, he was on his back this time. For so, sure. uh, but yeah, so he was like, Godzilla was just out for blood. But you know something else though what? that I realized with this movie. Both times we've seen, well, not in Zilla ninety eight. Zilla ninety eight made that Godzilla a real murder angry person but in in 54 and 55 they're never attacking in self defense when they get the kill on Godzilla Godzilla's just chilling <laughs> and they murder him both times yeah yeah, I get what you mean. Well, like, he's already attacked, though. Like, they've, he, you see, Nolan, they've already violated the Japanese non-aggression principle. <laughs> so, therefore, they need to be attacked. It's just retaliation. So, <laughs> I am making a joke. <laughs> I don't want anybody listening to this to be like, wow, I didn't really think they were that way. <laughs> um, So... Yeah, I get what you mean, but Godzilla did attack, though. I mean, I, I know, and, like, as an isolated thing, there's a reason I wasn't complaining about this at the end of the 54 movie, because on its own, I totally get it, but it's a weird pattern for that to be how it goes down twice, especially when the climax of a movie is usually such a, a tense, loud thing. Like, you'd think it would be like a... They've got this plan to kill Godzilla, and Godzilla's actively going after them now. Maybe that'll change, I don't know. I, I think we only... Well, I mean, we're getting close to... We're getting out of the Godzilla is a, is a meanie uh, phase, and we're going into the Godzilla protector of humanity against other kaiju phase soon. Yeah, he's, he's at... Uh, we're at the very... I think this is at his lowest point, and now he's going to start his redemption arc. So, it's been it's been a really interesting. It's been an interesting film yeah. with him. So it's yeah. So he just absolutely murked that other kaiju, and then it was yeah. So oh oh, why don't we get into our theories? Remember we wrote three things down each. Oh yeah, mine were all horribly wrong. But let's say them so. 
we gave, or let's say, call them predictions. Yeah, so going into Godzilla Raids again, because of just how definitive the ending of Godzilla seemed, we thought it'd be fun to come up with predictions for how a sequel would possibly go. And uh, so, I'll give my three predictions, which were all very wrong, and then Brandon will give his. So, my prediction one was that at the end of the movie... Godzilla and Dr. Yamane would share a look of respect with each other. Where, like... Because my envisioning for how the film would be, which it didn't turn out to be that way, was that Anguirus was going to turn out to be an even bigger threat to humanity than Godzilla. So Godzilla's killing him will would have been a... Uh, would have been a help to humanity, whether intentional or not. So I just envisioned the scene of... Yamane sticking around the whole movie, which he didn't, and uh, just looking out at the cityscape as Godzilla leaves Anguirus' corpse and goes towards the ocean, and Godzilla looks back, and he nods, and he goes back into the waves. That did not happen at all. Uh, so I then, my second theory was that they would never give a direct answer about how Godzilla was back. They might theorize, but I didn't I thought they'd keep it vague and in the first 10 minutes of the movie, they explicitly say the original Godzilla's dead. This is a new Godzilla. And again, as I stated before, uh, I think that it it's they still clearly treat it as if it's the same Godzilla, but you know, that was a wrong one. And finally, this was again predicated on the fact that I thought that more of the cast would be around from the first one would be around in the second one. I thought at some time to honor their friend who who killed himself to defeat Godzilla in the first movie, someone at some point with tears in their eyes would say for Zira, for Sirizawa. And none of those happened. I am horrible at this. I'm a hack of a writer. Or I thought they were hacks of writers and predicted as such. And they were not. <laughs> Kaboom. So, here's my three predictions. I thought it was going to be a new Godzilla. I thought that... Ding, ding, ding. One right for Brandon. Woo! So, I thought it was going to be... Maybe we can keep this as a segment for future things. Could be interesting. I think I thought it was going to be a new Godzilla because I was like, all right, he definitely died. And I think um, at least at that point, they weren't going to be, oh, the radiation healed him or something. So that was right. Um, This one's, I get more of an opinion thing. We will enjoy this one more than the original. That is definitely true, I think. I would say so. It's very different than the original, but I think... Overall, it was a, in my opinion, a more enjoyable film. It, I don't think it had as much to say as the first Godzilla, but it was a far more enjoyable film. Yes, that we're sort of ranking this on a scale of, you want to see big monsters blow things up. Yeah. <laughs> and anything else on top of that is just gravy. Yeah. So with that perspective in mind... 
you know, as a, you know, a big film theorist person could obviously go, oh no, the original is like the best one, yada, yada, yada. Character development, themes, themes, themes. Or like, no, monster punch monster, please. Exactly. <laughs> so the, I think we're correct. Then uh, I did enjoy this one more than the first. And another one I wrote down was, I, this one was wrong. Godzilla and the other monsters will not definitively die. And Guirus definitely definitively dies. Yeah. They leave Godzilla, who one of his defining powers is the ability to melt stuff (laughs) in a snow heap. So I would not call that a definitive death. He's dead. He's definitely dead. No coming back from this one. (laughs) It's over. Now we're going to make the next 50 episodes non-Godzilla related. Act like we never saw him again. He's just gone. But yeah, so that's uh, this has been our segment. Brandon's great at predicting stuff, and Nolan and Nolan is horrible at. Well, we'll see the pattern emerge. <laughs> I may have just gotten lucky. <laughs> but yeah, so oh, a brief thing about the uh, making of this movie: uh, Godzilla Raids Again has a different director than the first one. Uh, the first one, of course, being directed by Hondo. Uh, and this one being directed by a uh, man named Moriyoshi Oda, which that is not due to uh, Hondo being horribly offended that anyone would try to make a sequel to his very personal emotional project, because Hondo would then make other films in the series, and he uh, reportedly wanted to make this one as well. He wanted to direct it, but. Uh, because of the rushed uh, schedule to get it out, he had other conflicts, making other classic kaiju movies. This man directed most of the classics, and we'll talk a lot more about him. Sick. So, also an important note, I guess, about the director and the you know box office, anything surrounding that. From what I was reading, this one did better than the original, in terms of at least reviews. People liked this one more when it first came out compared to the original. That's so I'm, yeah. So I'm wondering if that was more of the sentiment at the time, where it was like, no, 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 like you know, we had just gone through this big devastating war less than a decade ago. I want big fun monsters beating each other up, compared to this like really dark take on nuclear annihilation. Yeah. So. All right. Do you have anything else to say on the movie, or should we move on to questions? Ooh, let's see. I'm gonna double check my notes here. So I'm. I wrote down a note. I have a question. I'm wondering for later is this is probably the last time we see Doctor Yamana. What do you think? I'm not sure if we'll see Doctor Yamani again or not. I am pointedly trying to before I watch the movies, not look up cast stuff. I do look up what monsters are in them because we're trying to keep, uh, as we pick episodes, at least a can, uh, while we're not trying to go in any sort in any chronological order with them, we do want to make sure if we're seeing a Godzilla versus movie that we've seen the movie setting up that monster beforehand. Uh, so we've got that going, but we do, but I do not uh check the cast first, so. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Dr. Yamani again, but I feel like he might at least stick around for another movie or two. Just to pop in and be like, 
this Rodan guy, yeah. he's a big old pterodactyl. Yeah. Kachow, I'm out. So we'll see. So um, yeah. Overall, I think this was a this is an enjoyable time. Yeah. And yes, yeah, good stuff. All right. So our question of the episode comes from Carlene Gadapi. Ooh, friend of the show and friend of our education. Carlene Gadapi uh, was our English teacher in high school. Brandon and I went to high school together. None of your business outside of that. So unless we do a Q&A episode, get your noses out of our stuff. <laughs> exactly, but harass us about what kind of movies you want us to watch. Harass us about the stuff we want to be harassed about. <laughs> Selective harassment, if you would. But, uh, but yeah, so Carlene asked, Is the swamp thing a kaiju? And uh, would we ever consider... Uh, doing the mummies movies from the 40s and 50s starring boris karloff and so for the mummies movies i think the answer is at least for the show as we currently envision it no because mummies are not kaiju because as we explained on our last episode kaiju are big monsters and mummies are human-sized monsters by nature Swamp Thing is big compared to a human, but he's not kaiju big. He's like 10 or 12 feet. Uh, So I wouldn't consider him a kaiju, but I also understand that he has at times become kaiju sized. Like I think there was an arc where he became the size of a, of a, a city block, which would definitely be a kaiju. Yes, so we could probably selectively choose that arc perhaps if we ever got to the point where we which would be hard because we like watching this together as part of it and that's hard to do with a comic book just hull around so uh yeah so if we ever did some of the some of the comic books which is possible because godzilla has a storied history with comics as well there's a comic book where there was one i think it may have been a fan made one or whatever but it showed the original script. It was in a comic book that was made to from the original script that turned into Godzilla 1998. Yeah. So that could be interesting if it's down the line. So, but yeah, comics could be cool. So yeah, so he Swamp Thing is in fact at times has been a kaiju. But for the foreseeable future, we probably will not cover him on the show. Because we don't even know how we do a comic book episode yet. But uh, well, thanks for your uh, for your question, uh, Mrs. Gadapi, and thank you. Yeah, I think that's the show. Keep on the learning train. All right, join us next week. Or I keep saying this every time. Join us next time. Godzilla, Godzilla versus, versus Megalon. Megalon. See you then. Want to hit them with that information? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you can follow us at our. We'll start with our Spotify. So you can find us on Spotify, searching "King of the Casters" or "Podzilla." It's one of the first results that comes up. We are very thankful that we chose this name when we did. Yeah. It's a great name. We're really happy about it. So you can find our other episodes of our podcast on Spotify. Searching Podzilla King of the Casters 
or on our page at rss.com, soon to be Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts, both still called Podzilla King of the Casters. Since we've got a month from recording this, until that will be a, uh, until you'll hear these words, hopefully that'll be true by then. Exactly. So on top of that, we can you can follow us at Podzilla C on Twitter for podcast updates and individual episode links when we upload them, which is on currently our schedule is every other Friday. Yep. But maybe it'll go increase over time if people keep listening. So. Our last one is, if you have more questions, we'd love to answer them. And you can send them to our email at kingofthecasters at gmail.com. I also personally uh, frequent the Godzilla subreddit uh, somewhat re- free- somewhat uh, frequently. And uh, so, you know, if you post about anything there, I'll probably see it. Yeah, so you'll see us around, so... Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. That's the show, baby! Woo!